Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at more than 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools and data that help power their emerging markets business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is the outlook for Tunisia, especially amidst the rising insecurity um, in that country. My name is Martina Balzajiva, and I'm the head of uh, research for Europe, Middle East and Africa here at Frontier Strategy Group, and I'll be moderating today's podcast. I'm joined today by Zeynep Kosereisulu, who is our Turkey and North Africa analyst at FSG. As a reminder, this podcast and the um, FSG's latest report on Tunisia with more detail and data is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Zainab, welcome and thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I'd like to start with what is probably the most immediate concern um, for our clients about Tunisia. Can you tell us about the security situation? Of course. Now, unfortunately, Tunisia made headlines this year mainly due to the two terrorist attacks that occurred. The first one was in March when two gunmen opened fire at tourists in the country's famous uh, Bardo Museum. Uh, And the second one was a couple of weeks ago, actually, in late June, when a gunman opened fire again, unfortunately, at tourists, at this time in a coastal resort area uh, of Sousse. Now, the high level of uh, tourist casualties actually increased the international media attention to the security risks in the country. But I do think we need to contextualize the security risk. Uh, First of all, Tunisia is and and partly was an easy target. And uh, that is not to say that it was definitely a more attractive target compared to many other countries in the region like Morocco, Algeria, Egypt, even Turkey, even some of the European cities. Uh, But the low security measures that the uh, government had made Tunisia an easier target, especially also because of uh, the low security and control uh, at the borders with Libya. But we are actually seeing the government seriously take a better look at its uh, security organization and try to improve uh, security at the borders with Libya, also domestically, and try to have a heavier crackdown on any domestic uh, terrorist cells it might have. So we will see improvement in the security. Uh, provisions of the government. Now, the second factor we need to remember is that Tunisia is not Syria or Iraq. It has, um, of course, a a risk of a terrorist attack, but it is um, socially and um, politically uh, much more stable. It does not have the risk of of a civil war that we're seeing in Syria, for example. Now, um, that is important to remember because we have seen many one-off terrorist attacks in a lot of countries in the world that have continued to economically um, grow and, and be successful locations to do business in. And the third factor we need to remember is that companies are already operating in in many similar countries where there are um, security threats, um, such as in in Egypt, in the safer areas of Iraq and Ukraine, and then many attacks continue to occur in in African cities, where um, such as in in countries in Nigeria and Kenya, where uh, companies continue to get pretty good growth from. So what matters is actually not necessarily how the security will impact business and and the security of your business there, but more so about its impact on the economy. Um, and, and to the broader transition that the country is going through. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to keep into perspective 
the level of risk mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia mm-hmm. and uh, remember that it's not as bad as the, the news media make it seem but I imagine there's still going to be an impact so uh, Tunisia has been in transition more generally since the Arab Spring um, and uh, I'm just wondering if we could understand better the impact that the security risk could have on its ability to transition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unfortunately we are looking at a pretty um, dim short term outlook that is prolonging the recovery of the economy and this um, successful transition away from uh, the revolution period that we had from 2011 to up until 2013. When we had these two um, terrorist attacks, they've significantly impacted, excuse me, these terrorist attacks, they've significantly impacted tourists and and foreign perception of the country, which is vital for the um, economy of Tunisia. So the fact that we will see uh, a slowdown in um, tourist arrivals and and thus tourism revenues will be very important and unfortunately a very negative impact on the economy in the short term, which will derail that uh, transition um, or or let's say prolong that transition for at least another year or so. Aside from, of course, the tourism revenues, these attacks have had an impact on and will have an impact on unemployment figures. Uh, Tourism sector is a very important employer uh, in Tunisia, so we will unfortunately see some layoffs there for sure. When I was in uh, Tunisia a couple of uh, months ago, everyone I've spoken to in terms of um, businessmen, executives, and also uh, ordinary citizens, uh, I had heard a lot of concern about security risks, and that was before the two um, terrorist attacks occurred. Unfortunately, the fact that these attacks have occurred have significantly hit consumer and business confidence because they were afraid of this uh, events occurring anyways and the fact that they've occurred has slightly um, impacted their confidence in the government's ability to um, successfully run this transition going forward. So we will see some uh, muted business expansion plans for the next uh, six to eight months at least. Lastly, of course, um, the government is vital in guiding the political, economic and social transition of the country. And these uh, terrorist attacks are and will divert more government funds to the security. And that will have an impact on the funds that could be allocated to healthcare, to education and to the ability of the government to allow more private sector uh, to to expand uh, in, in the country. So I'd like to take a step back here for a moment. If you were to compare Egypt, where it is in its transition in reforms to make itself more attractive and also in consumer and local business confidence, where we see a lot of investment going right now, and Tunisia, both of the countries are experiencing quite a lot of terrorist attacks. In Egypt, actually, more than Tunisia, significantly more. But so far, it doesn't seem to be affecting Egypt in the same way. Can you help us understand why these two markets are behaving differently? That's a very important comparison, uh, actually, Martina. And the main difference between these two countries at the moment are the governments that these two countries have. When we look at Egypt, the government of Abdel Fattah al-Sisi has a much harder uh, stance against the population in general, against the different opposition movements in the country, and mainly the Islamist opposition uh, connected to the radical movements as well. So we see a much uh, stronger government and and a much stronger ability to run the security services and control the 
development of, of the of the security policy within the country. The civil government in Egypt is actually very closely aligned with, with the military in Egypt. And there's a strict, um, again, alignment between what kind of security policies and, and um, strategies need to be taken within the country. So they have a much um, kind of coherent security policy, which does lead to a lot of actually violence within the country. We've seen a lot of attacks in the Sinai, and uh, the government has had a lot of very strong counterattacks against those uh, Islamist insurgencies there. Whereas when you look at Tunisia, the government is actually, and first of all, um, much weaker actually compared to the Egyptian one, um, and it is trying to maintain more of a democratic stance. And it is it does not have the ability to, to do the crackdown that the Egyptian government has, mainly because of the pressure for it to be more democratic, for it to respect um, civil and political rights of all different types of groups. So we see that main difference. And and the second one is of course the history of these two countries. The Tunisia is not very much used to continuous terrorist attacks, and and this is a, a first that we're seeing uh, in the, in the last ten years or so. And the third is of course to remember uh, border the threats uh, the threat at the border between Tunisia and Libya that provides a significant movement into. Um, Tunisia of, of, of radical Islamists. So what we need to remember in terms of the impact on the economies of these two countries, of the security situation, is that because the government in Egypt is much stronger in communicating a, a stable image of Egypt, it has been able to attract foreign investment. It has been able to provide uh, the majority of the population that it will maintain stability and that it will at least provide an environment where day-to-day -day economic activity can occur and that um, the successive revolutions in, or uprisings in Egypt have come to an end. Whereas when we look at Tunisia, there's still a lack of confidence that, that we're expecting to see in order for the economy to pick up. Great. That's very helpful context, Zainab. Thank you very much. Now, going back again to Tunisia more specifically, um, for the rest of the year, I imagine we'll be seeing relatively low demand from consumers, not as much tourist arrivals, um, and then also investment growth is probably going to be more muted. Um, when When is this going to reverse? When can we expect the recovery, especially as we know a lot of companies right now are planning for 2016? How should we think about budgeting for Tunisia next year? Because this outlook for Tunisia is very much impacted or influenced by a lot of different factors, external factors, it's, it's very difficult to determine a timeline for recovery in Tunisia, uh, but it will depend on uh, a few uh, signposts that, uh, that we're monitoring. The first one is, of course, whether there will be a, another attack. Seeing um, another terrorist attack, a third one occur in the same year, will be significantly detrimental to confidence levels. But regardless of whether there's an attack or not, if there are terrorist attacks in neighboring countries, such as the continuation of, of attacks in Egypt, if there's anything, any instability in Morocco, if um, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, ISIS, continues to make advancements in Iraq and Syria, these create an overall perception of insecurity in the region and will impact uh, the Tunisian population's ability to um, kind of regain that confidence for their own, own, own country. We will be also looking at whether the government will be able to sustain popular support. We think it's on a good track of doing so. Um, but it, this will be very important uh, for us to determine whether Tunisia will maintain that uh, relatively stable socio-political environment or whether we will see further uprisings that um, show discontent with the government's ability to uh, create the security and implement certain economic measures. So that will be very important to see whether the population maintains support for, for the government. 
And um, also very important for Tunisia is whether external lenders, um, bilateral and multilateral lenders uh, to Tunisia will maintain their support. We do think that this will continue. The IMF, the World Bank and... Um, Certain countries like um, Algeria and, and Turkey had provided a lot of um, loans and, and funding to the Tunisian state, which the, the state needs very much right now. And at least the multilateral lenders will continue to provide that support. Now, if no other terrorist attack occurs uh, in Tunisia, history has shown us in the region that tourist arrivals do recover within 8 to 12 months. Uh, but we're looking at um, an optimistically mid-2016 uh, to see a significant um, pickup in, in economic activity. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, let's take a step back also and um, think about the bigger picture. Uh, can you tell us what makes Tunisia attractive? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that's uh, sometimes difficult to see because Tunisia has a small population. It has a smaller economy compared to many other in the region. It does not have some of the oil resources that we expect um, Middle Eastern or North African countries to have. But uh, it's a good quality market. What do we mean by that? We are looking at a relatively sophisticated local business environment, a um, private sector that is quite developed. Uh, where there are a lot of opportunities, for example, in healthcare in the private sector compared to the, the public sector. Uh, we're looking at a consumer-oriented economy. The population is um, very much uh, consumer-oriented and um, a consumer culture where there's a, a desire to trade up. Consumers are very much uh, have that visibility of Western products, especially um related to kind of French products, for example. And um, we're looking at a relatively better business environment when we look at a lot of the rankings of Tunisia compared to uh, other countries in the region. And because we had a lot of multinational companies going into Tunisia before 2011, seeing it as one of the uh, more stable um, countries to, to do business in in the region as they were starting to expand in either MENA or even Africa, we've had a lot of um, Tunisian local populations being used to working with multinational companies, having that uh, business-oriented uh, skills that, that companies would be looking for. Now, this still doesn't, of course, make Tunisia your major revenue driver in your portfolio, but it makes a, a, a good market to have in your portfolio to be able to diversify the risk that comes with just relying on major players like, like Saudi Arabia in, in the Middle East or maybe Nigeria uh, in, in Africa. What we need to kind of remember is that perceptions did change about what Tunisia means for, for multinational companies with the 2011 revolution, but these fundament- fundamentals are still in place. They're actually in place and, and ready to do business once um, we have more stability and security. Great. And I imagine, especially for companies um, who, whose products will be attractive even in a more difficult economic environment, it's important not to forget those fundamentals. So uh, when clients are thinking about um, planning for next year and uh, specifically some of the activities and the actions they need to take to succeed in this market, uh, what are some of the things you're seeing FSG clients doing right now, what would you recommend that they focus on? First of all, looking at Tunisia in 2016 still has to be uh, done in the context of of a broader perspective um, and a broader long-term planning for the region. Now, if uh, Tunisia um, is an important market for our clients in terms of after evaluating the market potential for for their products, if they view that there's a significant potential in uh, in Tunisia, uh, they need to be there. It's a small market and a small economy, but that means that makes it quite competitive as well. And it's actually quite saturated as well compared to other um, other markets in the region. So influence and consumer and also business habits in the in the country uh, is harder and um, 
actually more important to crack. So uh, even though we might not see companies significantly increasing investments going into Tunisia next year, we will um, have to make sure that uh, companies maintain a extremely um, well-organized distribution relationships. Um, we can see that companies will probably delay making any localization plans uh, to Tunisia in the next year, but uh, maintaining good sales growth through distributors will be very important. Again, remembering that Tunisia is not used to uh, such instability and insecurity, it will be very important to coordinate with uh, distributors and see how they're reacting to this environment, what are their uh, strategies for the next year, um, if they are making the investments that your product needs in order to remain competitive because we will see um, demand muted than, than expected and more muted than potent, more muted than potential but um, it will be very important to ensure that distributors are actually performing to the best of their abilities to market your product and then maintain your brand image where early being an early mover and having that brand visibility is very important great thank you very much Zainab so three takeaways Uh, don't forget the potential of the market, but have conservative targets for next year. Look out for some of the security risks, but don't overstate it because it is not as bad as it may seem on television. And finally, focus on distributors for next year. Um, so with this, I think we will wrap it up. But uh, to all of our clients on the line, uh, you can speak with Zainab. Uh, you can also uh, arrange a conversation with members of your team if you find that useful. Um, and any of the FSG analysts by simply reaching out to your client relationship director. You can also access our data forecasts and uh, reports on Tunisia on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. As always, until next time, we wish you great performance in your emerging markets.